You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. So guess where your rover reporter is today? Yes, it's after midnight, and I'm inside the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County. Now, everything's cool with my pets. I'm here for you to give you the opportunity to learn what it's really like, what goes on behind the doors of an ER animal clinic. I'm speaking with the lead tech. This is Catherine Murphy. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. She's very articulate. Now let's talk a little bit. What got you in this area of medicine? Um, I really don't know. I used to always <laughs> drive by the emergency clinic, and just one day I went in, and that was in 1987, and I've done it ever since. It's I just love it. I've never gotten tired of it. That's great. Isn't it great to get into something you can be passionate about from the get-go? It is. Um, it's really, really good for me. It's great hours for my family, and you feel like you're doing something good for both um, the pets and their human counterparts. Now when we bring our dog or cat in to an emergency, we're in the lobby, we're frantic. People don't really know what goes on behind the closed door. They don't and sometimes it's very, very scary for them because this is their fur child, this is their family member and it's a very important family member. This family member keeps all of their secrets, knows how to read their human counterparts. So it's very scary, especially when we whisk away their pet to have it assessed. But usually what we do here is we try and calm the owner Mm -hmm. and then we take their little baby in the back (laughs) and have the doctor assess them to make sure that they're stable and check all of their vitals. Sometimes the owners have to wait a little while before a doctor actually talks to them, but they can know and rest assured that at least they're in the back and they're being taken care of. Now we're here today and we're going to be here on another day, but we're on a Wednesday night here in uh, a North Dallas town at the ER clinic. And right now we're looking at a Labradoodle. A Labradoodle that has increased liver enzymes and is very sick. We've got him on some IV fluids and maintenance and IV antibiotics and we're doing the best we can for him. And you also have a couple of little dogs that were the losing end of dog fights. We get a lot of household scuffles between dogs, and also we get a lot of scuffles between neighbor dogs through fences. And a lot of times in this area, what we see is people who are not walking their pet on a leash, and then another where they are, so the people who are walking their pet on a leash, the dog gets very defensive because he can't run away. So when the strange dog comes up to him, it ensues a fight. So we get a lot of dog fights and dog bite wounds. We've had a hit by car today and a heat stroke. The heat stroke was the bulldog. Yeah, we had a bulldog that was accidentally left outside for about 40 or 45 minutes this afternoon at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
Hey, folks, we're in Texas. Do you know what that means? You could fry eggs. It's about 96 degrees today, and the humidity also is a factor. And also the bulldog is the smushed nose, brachiocephalic, so they have trouble breathing anyways. So if they're panting in and out a higher temperature than what their body is, they can't cool off. It would be like you walking around in a fur coat. That's right, and they cool through their paw pads, right? Through their paw pads and the top of their head. All right. Well, we're going to learn more. We're here hanging out at the behind the scenes at the emergency clinic. And thank you very much, Catherine. You're welcome. Okay, listeners, we're going to discover more about life in an animal ER clinic right after this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Hey everybody, this is Arden Moore with the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio, and we're here at the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County. I'm speaking with Dr. Heather Lasasso, and you could really help our listeners out. We get terrified as pet parents when a little dog gets in a fight, a big dog grabs our little dog. What are some things that a person should do en route to the vet? You can make sure your patient is stable and breathing, and if they are having issues breathing, and go ahead and call us and give us a heads up so that way we can prepare. You don't like surprises. You want to make sure that you're ready for them, right? We want to be prepared, absolutely. Um, If you notice that there's some open wounds, or sometimes we've seen them as bad as their um, abdomens may be penetrated, they may have some internal organs exposed, put pressure bandages on there, try and keep the tissue Moist so actually, if you they can. could lay the, the dog on that side on, on the way, right? That adds pressure? Um, they potentially could, yes. Now, a lot of wounds we see around the neck. You don't want to put pressure around the neck. No. Um, <laughs> so just do the best you can. Um, the sooner you can get them in, the better. Now, tell us about this. There's a little dog that came in today, and it looked like it was like a canine puncture on the left side, but that wasn't the whole story. Right. Most of the time, you're going to have some other wounds that correspond, because normally not going to bite with just the top part of the mouth or the bottom. So this particular case, I noticed two puncture wounds on the left side of the neck. But I didn't see any other wounds anywhere else. But I was like, "It's a fluffy dog, very cute." It is a very fluffy dog. So we had to kind of look through the hair, and we found another wound on the right side of the neck. Okay. So. So what's going to be the next step for this little dog? Most of the time, we like to clean these wounds and close them because there's dead space, meaning the skin has separated from the muscle. And if we leave that unattended, they can start developing abscesses and seromas. 
So in these cases, we like to repair the wounds, place Penrose drains, sometimes we place tacking sutures. And what the heck is a tacking suture? A tacking suture is a suture that we place where there isn't a wound to try and put the skin and the muscle back together. Okay. And how long will it take till the dog will be back to her, her normal self? 10 to 14 days. Okay. And then she needs to get like a bodyguard puppy posse to protect herself from now on, I guess. Or, or it's a, a lot of times um, we see a lot of housemate oh. um, attacks, but if this was due to being walked around by a neighbor dog, which this was, then it's very important to keep your pet on a leash. Yes. And a short leash, not yeah. a long leash. Yeah, not those You got it. Oh. You not the retractable those, yeah. ones, no. There was another dog here that got bit in the butt. I'm assuming this dog was running away from the fight. Very well could have been. Um, I don't know if it was a housemate that had done it, but yeah, (laughs) we see bite wounds from the abdomen to the neck to the tail, you name it. What got you into this? This this field of, I know you're a veterinarian, but what, particularly ER medicine? That's a long story, but um, I did day practice for several years. I actually worked in a a dog rescue shelter for months, and then um, once I moved to Texas, I got interested into doing emergency medicine. I had done the vaccines and the preventative medicine and type stuff. So well, you got to think on your feet and you never know what's happening. Here, you got right? it. It's never a dull moment. I'm here in an exam room where Dr. Heather Losasso is talking with Allie and Anahad Coldy. They carried in their 60-pound dog, Nina, with a bloody bandage wrap on her front paw. It turns out, somehow, Nina managed to pull out two nails from her front paw and was bleeding excessively. Let's listen in as Dr. Losasso speaks with Allie and Anahad about Nina. So running around, she probably ended up digging her feet in, turned wrong, and caught that nail on something and tore it off. So probably he was chasing the the rabbits down the boots. Very well could have. Very well could have. So what I would do is just try and keep these nails cut as short as possible since you know that she has a tendency to chase rabbits. And with this foot, we're just going to try and soak it. I will probably have you guys maybe soak it at home for a couple of days since it is open until the antibiotics and stuff kick in. And um, she should be good to go. Oh, so. okay. uh, how, how often do you should do that? Probably once to twice a day just for a couple twice of days. Twice a day. Okay, then uh, make an appointment with Dr. With Dr. Mins. Mins, right. I'm going to take her to tomorrow to Dr. Mins. But the, the guys are doing it tonight. Tomorrow they're going to take over. Y'all can do it at home. You don't have to go to your regular vet for that. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, if you have... Because just a, the only one that touches me <laughs> is Dr. Mean. <laughs> so, do you think she'd allow you to do it? Who? To do what? Nina? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, but, okay, good. She's so, good. She does not need to go back to the vet unless you notice there's any vomiting, okay. lethargy, diarrhea, anorexia. If you notice that foot, she stops bearing weight on it, or if you notice some um, excessive swelling, discharge, or odor coming from that foot. How about the bleeding? The bleeding is going to stop? The bleeding will eventually stop, yes. But the more she irritates it, the more it's going to bleed. So she's going to need a bandage on it for tonight. And probably put it on there and leave it on there for about what 24 can you do hours. So she won't take it off. She's going to need an e collar, <laughs> a comb. Okay, all right. Yes. I'm with you. Okay, we'll be sharing more tales from the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County in Plano, Texas, right after we take this quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash. Right after these messages. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. 
let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey everybody, this is Stephen Weber reminding you to always listen to Arden Moore on OBA, the best show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBA. Here's Arden. Welcome to a special episode of the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. In addition to hosting this show, I am also the founder of Pet First Aid for You. It's a veterinarian-endorsed, hands-on program featuring the only cat and dog teaching team in the entire country. I am very excited that the folks at the animal hospital agreed to let me not only record an episode of the Old Behave Show, but also to be able to work with some of the vets and vet techs here in the ER clinic and be able to share information that I can pass on to my students in my pet first aid classes. So, right now, let's meet one of the veterinary technicians on duty. Please meet Reagan Raggy. It's always crazy. It's always busy. Um, we don't normally... Most nights we're all crossing our legs while we're tiptoeing to the next patient because we have to go to the bathroom or we're hungry, we haven't eaten anything. And most of the time, it's, we'll have a you know, really busy night. And after about six hours, we finally have to you know, stop and say, "Go, you go get a drink of water, I'll take care of this or whatever. And so, I did bring you guys Krispy Kremes, you know that. Oh, it's okay. So you have to learn but how so, to practice cables, huh? <laughs> we, we have, I mean, we just eventually, we have to stop, you know, we're all focusing on the pets. So we have to take a second and say, hey, go take care of yourself. Cause, mm-hmm. oh. Okay. But it's just just like in human nursing too. The yeah. nurses never get a chance to go to the bathroom. They're well, too busy taking care of their patients. My sister's an ER nurse. Yeah. yeah, my sister is too. So, what kind of pets do you have at home? I don't have any. No. Mm-mm. So, um, th- this is enough. Yeah, I was gonna say. This is enough. It really is. Here inside a cage in a blanket is an adorable Pomeranian named Kirby. Kirby came into the ER earlier tonight with heart and kidney failure. Kirby is 15 years old. He's being attended to by veterinary technician Suprina Adams. It's about 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, and Kirby's pet parent, Laura Rackley, just arrived from a business trip to see Kirby. She's dabbing water on his mouth inside his little carrier. She adopted Kirby when he was just 12 weeks old. She's had 15 years with this wonderful little Pomeranian. So initially when Kirby came in this afternoon, he was in oxygen just for supportive therapy. Um, By 4 p.m. he was oxygenating at a really good rate, but he he didn't need any supplementation at that time. Um, But with these congestive heart failures, you know, that's a concern to make sure that um, they're keeping up with that that level. He's on a really, really slow rate um, tonight. Overload oh. his heart any further. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Wow. Yeah. Um. So he's been with me. He goes. He's a great traveler. So he oh. goes with me when I go home or to. Where's home? Still. Well, my parents are in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay. How old was he when you first adopted Kirby and Galen? He was about 12 weeks. Wow. What's his personality like? He is calm. Well, they are, when they were younger, they were a little bit on the yappy side. Cause, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. Because, Mom, but, you're telling my secrets. But his um, brother, he would defer to his brother and let the brother, who was the runt, be the alpha. Wow. So Galen was the boss, huh? So Kirby, they were about, when he was doing fine, was probably about 8 pounds, and Galen was about 6. <laughs> and so he let him, yeah. So what? And he was always, he always followed me around the house. He just always wants to be where I am. He just always has a play. He's been always. He's good with kids. He's fairly calm. I mean, even though they can be yapper, right? He's fairly calm. And um, he's really responding to you. Look at that. Well, I haven't been, I've been gone a week, so I'm oh. not speaking. I was traveling, and I just got back tonight. So I had a, a gal that helped me with a pet sitter and house sitter, and so she brought me Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, sweet baby, baby. Is he going to stay here tonight, or are you going to take him home? Or? I think he's probably going to spend the night here. I yeah. don't know if he's quite stable enough to go home. Yeah. Yeah. He's so cute. Yeah, for the last year. Well, he feels your energy. No, you put your hand back on it. You give him your, you do that little water drop like you're doing. He appreciates that. I actually teach pet first aid, so yeah. you're doing a nice thing for Kirby. Oh, yeah. Kirby? can't see very well, but... That's okay. He feels your energy. It's now two hours later, and I'm sad to report that Kirby is in such grave condition that Laura Rackley had to make the hard decision to euthanize her little Pomeranian. Here to discuss this case is ER veterinarian Dr. Mike Lasasso. So we're here with Dr. Mike Lasasso, and uh, there's a 15-year-old Pomeranian that has had a full year life. But what's happening? Well, currently Kirby is in, uh, he's got congestive heart failure, and he also has chronic renal failure. His kidneys are failing, and the problem with, with treating those is that we treat chronic renal failure, kidney disease, with aggressive fluids. Dogs in congestive heart failure cannot take aggressive fluid therapy. So um, at his age, with the severity of his disease, his kidneys have gotten much worse in the last month. Um, so unfortunately she has elected because his quality of life is not going to improve and he probably would not be able to leave the hospital at, the, at this point um, that it is it's time to say goodbye to, to sweet little Kirby so unfortunately that's the result of a lot of things we see in emergency medicine but. right that she was so sweet she came in and she was giving dabs of uh, water to his mm-hmm. and she was telling me how she got him when he was like 8 or 12 weeks old yes. but this dog has been well loved he has been well loved and he's 15 he is way past his normal life expectancy 
uh, and we see that we see that pretty commonly. Unfortunately, their life expectancies are shorter than ours, and it's one of the one of the downsides of really loving and giving yourself to the pets is yeah. that at some point we have to uh, have to do the ultimate kindness, and it's it's tough. For the past several years, ER veterinary tech Diego Rivas has been caring for three seriously ill dogs. Two dogs have suspected cases of leptospirosis, and one is receiving life-saving plasma. We're here with Diego Rivas, and there's a couple of uh, dogs, a lab mix and a golden retriever mix, and they both have uh, suspected cases of leptospirosis. Diego, what the heck is that? Well, leptospirosis is a disease that can affect your kidneys primarily. Um, it's normally transmitted through small rodents and stagnant water. Uh, it can come from a bite. Normally, it's transmitted from urine. We kind of see a lot of it just because we're a little bit more rural than other places are. And you were saying it's zoonotic, so you have to be careful because it can be transmitted it can to be people. Tra- that's exactly You're correct. wearing gloves right now working yeah. on this little dog. So big dog. I'm wearing gloves. We try to just be a little bit careful, urine, um, saliva, everything like that. And it's just washing your hands, taking precautions. Uh, PPE is very important, personal protective equipment. Now, a word to people, you can actually get a vaccine for this. Yes. And it's a two-year vaccine, I believe? For your pets, it's yeah. going to be, I think they recommend every year. It's been a while okay. since I worked today. it's not that practice. expensive. It's $10 more than your normal distemper parvo. And it's worth it. Oh, for $10, save you a vet visit. And you have a little one at home, so you yep. want to be careful, right? Exactly. All right. Well, we're here at the emergency animal hospital of collin county and it's it's been a madhouse but it's been a, a lot of hard-working vets and vet techs thanks diego yeah no problem so what do you see the parallels and differences i like er because it's just there's a different pace one of the things we said in the mechanic world is nobody's going to die if they don't get their motorcycle right here it's completely different yeah that's true and i like that because well, you, you actually well. can make a difference yes you can yeah i know sometimes people name their cars but you're talking about a living sentient being it's, you're responsible it's, it's for. just a little bit different and i like it i like it more you know you fix something else yeah yeah <laughs> just a different kind of fixing cases like this when you do plasma blood you are devoted to that pet for mm-hmm. however long I have at least another two hours here. Wow. And I started this guy at 10, 11. So what happens? Potty break? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. You, I mean, if I, you absolutely have to, somebody else will watch you, but when you deal with some things like infectious cases, you're out of the question. Okay. So you're, you're stuck with it. Like, for example, I today am I'm infectious. There are two lepto possible dogs. Leptospirosis? Yep. Do they bite a rat? So, don't know. Oh, I told my sister who has a dog that likes to go after rats to get the vaccine. Oh, it's, it's, she finally did. For ten dollars, it's it's. Yeah, I said this is a good. It's a thing. big deal. But people don't know about leptospirosis. <laughs> and you tell them about it, they think you're lying to them. Or there's a lot of rats I've learned in Dallas. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. Well, you said, I think we see it more country just because we're so far north. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I'm adding in bag number four for Yes, ma'am. I'm now here with two seasoned veterinary technicians. Suprina Adams and Carrie Coates. Together, they have more than 30 years' experience in ER medicine. They are assessing Ramsey, a Jack Russell Terrier who came into the ER tonight after his pet parents saw him eat rat bait from a neighbor's garage. When somebody's dog eats rat bait, that's a pretty big deal. You better get them to a Get them as soon as possible to the veterinarian to assess it. The type of the rat bait is very important, getting poison control in it, um, because the toxicologist can provide us with a treatment plan um, that needs to be implemented very soon. 
Okay. And Carrie, what are some <laughs> of the signs that... Unfortunately, with rodenticide or rat bait, you owners will not see symptoms. It takes about three to four days um, to actually start seeing symptoms. And once you start to see symptoms, unfortunately, it's going to be too late. So if there is any doubt, and you know, if you think that they've eaten it, it is always better to bring them in and start treatment. Good. It is a lot cheaper to just go ahead and start treatment right. than to wait. And, and we're speaking with Carrie Coates and Sabrina Adams. Mm-hmm. And you've been at it for how many years? 27 years. And you've been at it for? Oh, maybe 15 So you add it up, and this dog, Ramsey, is in very good hands. Yeah. Or paws, right? <laughs> paws. Right. All right. The, what, did they, what did they give them to induce vomiting? What were they at trying? home, they were using hydrogen peroxide. Mm-hmm. Because he is so sensitive about his mouth being touched, about being picked up, they weren't able to induce it. By the time they got poison control on the phone and everything and then took him to the doctor, uh-huh. it was already noon by the time wow. they induced emesis um, successfully. He only vomited up food, and oh. there was no evidence of any rat bait there. The owners did see him ingest it. Wow. Okay. So, again, because I have this magic microphone on now, <laughs> that what happens, how charcoal plays a role in this? What happens with charcoal? Um, the charcoal, um, you give it to coat the whole GI tract, um, and it helps bind and prevent any reabsorption of the toxin. So, okay. um, you usually give two doses, a loading dose in the hospital, um, and usually have them repeat it, you know, about 8 to 12 hours later. So, and like I said, and what she said, just to help And you have an IV put in him just to make sure you're getting fluids in him? The referring veterinarian had him in the hospital today mm-hmm. and had him on fluids. And they've done the initial dose of the charcoal mm-hmm. and they were sent here to repeat lab work um, as well as a repeat dose of charcoal. What's next then? You're waiting for the results then? We can clock time. Monitor, monitor. Well, they didn't ask for it. They wanted to check the sodium because I think that plays a factor. The electrolytes with the seizuring. Now, was his just bromethylene or was it both? Per the report, just bromethylene. Okay. So we're watching for CNS for neurologic symptoms. Which would be? Um, Like tremors, muscle tremors, muscle fasciculations, tremors all over the body, and then seizuring. So far, so good. So far, so good. Uh, Carrie Coates is gonna yeah. is here and she's gonna explain what the heck a seizure bell seizure is. Bell. One of our Ooh, technicians got, oh, came up radio. with this idea to put these bells around any patient that's here for any kind, not just seizures, but any kind of tremors or neurologic issues. That way, sometimes we can, you know, we're always watching, but it also is just an extra little chime. We start seizuring or something, and we can hear that bell. Oh, cool! I'm gonna get a picture right. of the so, dog. So anything that comes in with some kind of neurologic symptom. Uh-huh. It's a little seizure bell. Oh, that's that's a really great idea because yeah. you got to tap your ears too in ER medicine. Uh huh. I can't take uh, yeah. A lot of times without a bell, um, you may hear thrashing around uh-huh. in the cage and flip flopping around like a fish out of water. But these really help to go yeah. along with that. Oh, that's a great idea, Sufrida. I like it. That's uh-huh. a really good idea. Sometimes we idea. put them around their little feet too, and uh-huh. it's great. But we don't have, I think our bells keep going home with some of our pace. <laughs> Listeners, it's nearly 1 a.m. and I'm in the waiting room with the pet parents of Ramsey, that little Jack Russell Terrier who accidentally ate rat bait. Please meet Tila and Josh Mellis. They're in the lobby with Ramsey's older canine sister, Daisy, who's snoozing on the sofa. 
Dr. Mike Losasso is here to give Tila and Josh an update on their dog, Ramsey. Set an alarm for four or five. Look at him. Yeah. If he's, if and let him outside. I mean, so I can. If he I walks can, normally, if he looks normal, go back to bed. You know, I can, I can stay. I mean, if you want, you know, I can just stay up. And if you want to wake up at like four, I mean, I can go to sleep for a few hours. And I'll, you know, but you guys don't have to. You don't necessarily have to constantly stay awake for him. Like I said. He's our little child. So. I understand. I understand. So if, you want, if you want, if you want, especially if he sleeps on the bed with you guys. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He, he always sleeps on the bed. He, he set, sleeps on. Set, set an alarm. <laughs> set, an alarm. set an alarm for three hours from now to get home, and then uh, and then just check it out there. And if you have any questions about what he's doing, you certainly can come back. Yeah. Um, and if you don't see any problems at all, then just keep your keep your appointment there. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take him home. home, but if anything okay. else, like if you have to replace the catheter, it's fine. Yeah. No, we won't. We won't have to do it right now. That's just, just a case. Just be safe. Yeah. Just be safe. Now we'll take him home. I think okay. he'll be all right. So. All right. Well, we'll get. To, like I said, we're gonna put. A, we've already got his his OG tube, his his oral gastric tube, being ready, so that we can give him his charcoal. And we've got his profile, and we're going to draw for those electrolyte rechecks. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to get that done right now, and then we'll get you guys out of here as quickly as we can. Okay, okay. Is, you know, I don't know how much he actually ate, because I didn't actually, I, I just saw kind of the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. But the way I looked at it is, I knew it was going to cost us a lot of money to take him to the vet and to take him to the ER. But at the end of the day, if we didn't do anything, uh-huh. could we live with ourselves? Right. Yeah. It was better than risking it. Phew! I have been at the ER for nearly seven hours, and I have learned a lot that will help my students who enroll in my classes for Pet First Aid for You. And I can't wait to go home tonight, or this morning, and give Chipper, Cleo, and Casey a big hug. We are all blessed to have pets in our lives. But before we end this special episode... Let's meet the person in charge of the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County, Dr. Dean Sievert. Hey everybody, this is Arden Moore, your host of the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio, and your roving rover reporter is here at the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County in Plano, Texas. As you know, we've been here to tape this special episode of what goes on behind the doors of an ER clinic. With me today is the Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Dean Sievert. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right. What got you into ER medicine? Well, to be honest, it's something I never even thought of before. I have been in general practice my whole life. I owned practices for 30 years, and I finally sold my last two practices uh, about a year and a half ago. And at the time, thought I would retire, and I did for a short time, and that wasn't something I wanted to do. You wanted to refire. <laughs> I did, and so this opportunity came up, and I took it, and I moved from Florida, and I came down here, and I'm really excited to work with this group. You know, a lot of people, it, it's scary. You walk into a lobby of an ER clinic, and you're with your most priceless asset, your dog, your cat, or whatever. What kind of guidance can you give some folks when they come in as far as these are times you definitely need to go to an ER clinic because minutes matter? 
I think anytime your dog makes a sudden change in its attitude, you have a dog that's happy, active, playful, all of a sudden it's not. Serious vomiting and diarrhea where it's over and over again. Those type of things. I would look at it just like you do your child. Uh, If they're not feeling good, uh, obviously you need to run them in and see what's going on and not let it go because minutes can make a big difference. It gets crazy back there. What are you looking for to have a good staff? What makes a good team in the ER? I think the biggest thing is people that can handle multiple tasks at once. They can do many things. Uh, They don't get frustrated when things aren't going right because a lot of times things don't go right in the ER. And you have to be ready to move at any time. You can be sitting around with nothing to do, and all of a sudden there's four or five patients here that need immediate attention. So people that can multitask and uh, aren't afraid to work hard, and people like to be up in the night. I mean, it's a nighttime business, nighttime and weekends. Yeah. I was there Saturday. There was a lot of cases. I mean, you have... A lot of equipment you use had to use a ventilator on a dog. There's oxygen tanks. What are some of the things people may not expect that are at your disposal to be able to render, at least to stabilize the pet? Yeah, I think we have all the equipment that we really need, and I think sometimes people don't understand what veterinarians are capable of doing, and basically we can handle most of the things they'd handle at a human ER, and uh, we have the equipment to do that, and uh, veterinarians do a great job with it. Well, we're talking with Dr. Dean Siebert, and it has been an eye-opening experience for me here at the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County in Plano, and we're going to get back to that right after we take this quick commercial break. So you guys know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. That's it, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed today's very special episode of the Old Behave Show. And at this time, I want to thank and give pause and applause to the veterinarians and talented team at the Emergency Animal Hospital of Collin County and all those who help our pets when minutes matter. I also want to give a big shout-out to my possum producer, Mark Winter. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, saying two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave! with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.